your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 316 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Piller up in Collingwood. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Plenty to break down from a wild weekend in the hockey world. We've got playoff talk and the Belleville Senators perfect through three games. There were overtimes. There was a late goal to win and a blowout with a line brawl. Robbie Yarventi gets his first, second, and third AHL points and a whole lot more from there. We had a surprise Craig Anderson appearance in the first game this postseason. That's how you start it off if you're following the Sens Abroad. We'll touch on all that, plus finish off today's show. We're teasing our award show, which we're going to push to tomorrow with how much we have to cover from the weekend, but we'll give you a little taste. We've got our top five Senators MVPs from this season. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Monday, May 17th, and Pilsy, goalie-friendly show and all, but do the Belleville Sens or the Sens organization as a whole have too many good goalies? I mean, it's a question you got to ask, but hey, hashtag goalie-friendly show. We're goalie huggers. You can never have too many tendies. So and especially in a time with an expansion draft, it's good to have a couple extra guys. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the crease in this offseason. I think there's a lot of good talent that the Sens have here and Seattle's probably going to end up taking one of them, but w- whichever way it goes, the Sens will have a stock full of tendies ready to go after that. So Mad Sogard sets the franchise record with his fifth consecutive win on Friday night. Mandalese takes care of Saturday's outing, another victory all over the Manitoba Moose just for completeness sake. Friday was a three, two OT victory On Saturday, a 3-2 regulation time victory, thanks to Parker Kelly. And on Sunday, blowout city. But that doesn't mean Mad Sogard didn't have to be sharp there. He made 24 saves to improve to 6-0 since coming to North America. That's just super impressive. Yeah, the Great Dane is certainly great. I mean, when you have a perfect record and his numbers all over are good, Ross. Like you take a look at his goals against average, 2.14, save percentage, 0.927. And like you said, big jump going from the WHL back to Denmark and now the AHL. There's a lot of differences in those three leagues and he seems to be able to get it done no matter where he is. So shout out to Mad Sogard. And 
Troy Mann's got to be stoked about this. Like he's had the revolving door of goaltenders on Belleville this season. I mean, Cedric Andre, that was a guy that we weren't expecting to get in the net for Belleville and he ends up getting in there. And Sogard comes over after a season in Denmark and becomes the number one guy. You can't take the net away from him. So we love seeing that. And sure, we got a lot of goalies, but we got a lot of quality goalies too. A lot of quality prospects in the system as well. When you look at... Who contributed this weekend on Friday? Sixth round pick, Cole Reinhardt, an absolute beauty in overtime. But if it weren't for two goals in the second period, this one wouldn't have gotten there. And that first one, Logan Brown gets the goal. On the second one, Logan Brown makes the assist. Too bad he wasn't able to play the whole weekend. But that is the type of outing you love to see from the big centerman. Yeah, that's, and this is the crazy part about Logan Brown. Like he has games where you're like, oh man, this guy has it. He can put it together. He had that goal, like you said. And then the assist for Jonathan Aspero, that was pretty much Logan Brown's play. He weaved through everyone in the offensive zone. He had great vision to find Aspero for that easy shot. And he puts it in the net. Like that's the kind of game you're expecting from Logan Brown. And then, Saturday, the the old Logan Brown comes back around. Well, he didn't make it to Saturday's game. Uh, took warm-ups, couldn't go. And when you listen to Troy, man, I think he's about as frustrated as anybody else with this situation. He just said, yeah, Logan told me he couldn't play. So what, what else is Troy going to do? Not much I mean, more to it. No, exactly. So, I mean, we're just hoping that Logan Brown could get healthy and whatever full health to him is at this point. Hopefully that he can achieve that because – it's so frustrating. And our buddy Liam's Martian put up that cycle where it's like, play well, get hurt, struggle, get hurt, play well. And I mean, it just continues to go round and round. But when there's so many other guys that can step up in those circumstances, it does ease the burden of having Logan Brown. But he, I mean, he did play an outstanding game on Friday. This one shouldn't have even gone to overtime talking about Friday's game. It was a tough play from Sogard. Now, we're singing his praises, as we should, undefeated at the AHL level, but this one just can't go in. It was a little floater from the blue line. He stops it, covers it. He's down on his knees. Lassie Thompson kind of, I don't know if he really helps him out there, kind of maybe calls for it. You can't hear, obviously, what they're saying to each other, but Sogard just lifts his hand off the puck, and Thompson doesn't grab it. So the puck's just easily in the net. So good on Cole Reinhardt. Abel to put the B sends up. And by the way, the Belleville sends have now won seven straight games, but to go through in chronological order on Saturday, it was that three, two final. And this game got off to a quick start. It was the, the veteran AHL here, Logan Shaw, the captain of this team, opening it up. Clark Bishop getting his first point in the AHL in quite some time. I mean, he spent the last couple seasons there, uh, but spent all, all of his time in Ottawa, either on the NHL team or taxi squad. So, that's a great line, though, with Parker Kelly getting the secondary assist there. Kelly also gets the game winner in this one as well. And it was a back-and-forth affair, right? 1-1 going into the third period. Aspro gets a power play goal, and that's something that we need to discuss as well because Aspro's game offensively is certainly rounding into form. He had two power play goals this weekend, and when we saw him when we were working in Belleville last year, he was in such a defensive role, penalty killing and all that, but he's showing that he's got some ceiling to his game and he's only 21 years old. Like this guy could be an NHLer. 
I don't think that's too crazy to say. Yeah. And now with Belleville's decor looking even worse than last year, which we didn't think was possible, he's getting more opportunities to fit in areas where last year Troy Mann didn't need to use him. So I think it's great that guys like that aren't falling by the wayside because, yeah, you've got all those big names, Lassie Thompson, Igor Sokolov, all these kind of prize prospects, Yarventi, and guys like Jonathan Aspero, they're still playing their part and they're still improving and growing as a young prospect. So you love to see that from Aspero. And yeah, just Parker Kelly just remains hot. Like the shift disturber, this guy gets it done at all ends of the ice, whether he's in the NHL or AHL. I'm so happy for Parker Kelly. Yeah, it gets the game-winning goal with under five minutes remaining off a one face-off from his partner in crime, Mark Kastelich. So those two played very well together. They're also on the ice for Sunday's line brawl. And when you play a team four times straight, three times in three days, this kind of thing will boil over. Now, I believe Hayden Shaw thought there was a dive on the play. It had to, the way he went after Angus Crookshank, but... Crookshank was clearly taken down. Take us through your thoughts on that play. Yeah, I think it's just frustration there. Like maybe he thought uh, Crookshank gave in a little easy and fell down a little easy, but he was absolutely mauled. Like he he brought him down. So, and Crookshank doesn't really do anything. I think he just kind of chirps him after like, hey buddy, what was that all about? And then he just loses it and gives him a couple cross checks to the face. You know, the WHL boys and Kelly and Castle like aren't going to allow that. So then a line brawl breaks out and uh, we got some old time hockey on our hands. Yeah, seriously, old time hockey. Hubert Labrie getting misconduct and Parker Kelly getting right in there to defend his teammate as well. I'm curious if maybe it was a retaliation. I'd just seen on the game sheet that Angus Crookshank served a slashing penalty four minutes before so i don't know if those two have any connection but it was three nothing belleville at this point sunday was a complete blowout so maybe just the moose trying to get their team going but uh that didn't work because four minutes after that fight robbie arventi gets his second goal of this game great rewind us back to the first one as well take us through what you saw on both of those just classic yarventi quick release on the kid yeah, Ross, we saw this so much when Yarventi was playing with Eels over in Finland. Like, if you took a highlight tape of all the goals he scored, the puck is probably only on his second for, like, three seconds total with all the goals he scored over in Finland. Like, this guy is elite at getting in the right spots and getting that release off instantly. He gets lucky. The puck is behind the net. It comes out, goes through a couple skates, a couple sticks, and Yarventi's right there on the spot and snaps it home right away. That's the kind of success we're going to see from Robbie Yarventi. It's not going to be highlight breakaway goals. It's not going to be entering the zone. It's not going to be the nice passes. It's that shot. And we got another look at that shot for his second goal, eh, Ross? Oh, it was unreal. The power play. And this one was from further out uh, with distance. And he just picks a spot. And I mean, that's, a, again, I, I mention it all the time, especially about Formington speed. And guys just have a, a separating quality. And for Yarventi, it's his ability to get pucks off his stick in a hurry and put them in pinpoint accuracy where he wants them to go. So at that point, when Yarventi gets his second of the game, it's 4 nothing, 4-1 after the second period. And they keep it raining goals. Cole Castles had two goals in this game as well. So stick taps to him, a AHL journeyman. And then we already touched on Aspero getting on the board as well. Their third power play goal of the afternoon and Yarventi drawing a secondary assist on that. So the Belleville sends sweep a four game set against the Manitoba Moose. 
it continues to be the kids that lead the way. I didn't even mention Angus Crookshank got a goal in this one as well. It's uh, truly remarkable the turnaround that Troy Mann has led with all the bodies in and out. That guy is a, a coach that will be behind an NHL bench one day. So the Belleville Senators, as I mentioned, wrapped up that four-game set. There's two games remaining, and they're back-to-back, Wednesday and Thursday. That's the most important Toronto hockey game on Thursday night, I believe. Yeah, Marley's? I can't think of anything else. Are the Jays playing? <laughs> no, no, I, I can't uh, confirm or deny that, but... The Maple Leafs might have game one against the Habs, but whatever. The Belleville Sands and Toronto Marlies will close out the AHL season. Uh, and Thursday's game, 4 p.m. start. I guess those Marlies fans might have something else to do after they watch their team at 4 o'clock on, on Thursday. But that will be a solid way for Belleville to end their season. By the way, hilarious little uh, social clip that Kevin Mandelaze put up. A picture of Lassie Thompson and Robbie Arventi, the two Eels boys, asking if they're brothers, which is hilarious. I didn't realize how alike they look. Yeah, it's wild. They do look very alike. But uh, Lassie with the with the style there, that's a funky hat he's wearing. You wouldn't expect someone from Finland to be rocking that hat. I mean, I don't know. It's I guess I'm just always picturing them in toques and stuff. So a hat like that is a little too stylish. He looked like he was ready for the Kentucky Derby for sure with that thing. So you love to see the camaraderie on this team. And hey, if you want to look like Lassie Thompson, you got to save up some money. And to do that, why not head to Credit Karma? We've got a new sponsor alert. Credit Karma has always been there to help you feel better financially. And now they want to help even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Who doesn't want instant gratification? If you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma money, you can win cash reimbursement for debit purchases. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements when you use your Credit Karma Money debit card. You can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Credit Karma money. Progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning instant karma that's creditkarma.com slash win money instant karma is sponsored by credit karma no purchase necessary exclusions and terms apply see rules banking services provided by mvm bank incorporated member fdic maximum balance and transfer limits do apply All right, Pilsy, the Sens Abroad season is well underway. The Stanley Cup playoffs, still some series left to begin, but what an opening weekend we had, and and Sens Abroad were right in the middle of it. Yeah, and Ross, we got to start this off with an apology disclaimer. I mean, 
This is a bit. This is a big facepalm for us. Goalie friendly show, and we left Craig Anderson off our sends abroad list. Now, in our favor, we did not expect that he was going to that Samsonov was going to miss a game because he missed a meeting, and that Vanacek was going to pull his groin mid game. So we were not prepared for a Craig Anderson start, but that's a guy we really need to uh, now add onto our sends abroad list because he could be playing a couple more games here. Yeah, I'll leave us off the hook just a little bit because he was the third string goalie going into last night's game. One of their attendees had to miss a meeting and the other had to pull his groin. Well, apparently he didn't stretch enough. You listen to Kelly Rudy. What a bonehead take that was. And he's a former goalie. Like, you know what? That's a story for another day. But when you look at what Craig Anderson's done in the postseason before, they could do worse than having him on the bench. So, yeah. Hand up. We should have included Craig Anderson just out of respect for what he's done. The Senators all-times wins leader, games played leader, playoff save percentage. He's fourth all-time. It's it's a truly remarkable career that he's had, and he just looked like he picked up right where he left off. Maybe a little jittery the first couple of shifts. Uh, you saw he knocked his net right off and fell backwards onto it, but after that, I mean, he was, uh, he was raring to go and playing that old-school hybrid style. I love to see it. And the Washington Capitals came out with a huge, I want to call it upset win, but they're the home team in the, in the game. But they were home underdogs, according to Bet Online. So when you look at all that together, it was a pretty impressive performance from Craig Anderson. I don't know if that was the best Sens Abroad performance, though, because JG Playoffs was right back up to his old tricks as well. Oh, yeah. You love to see Jean-Gabriel Pajot in the playoffs. Like, that shot from so far out just just beats Trishan Yari clean. Like, there's there's no there's no screen. There's no tip. Nothing. I mean, I think it's funnier even, Ross. Hashtag sends a broad moment. Cody Cece is the defenseman on him. And Cece's like, okay, Pager's coming in here. I'm going to let Trishan Yari see the shot. I'm not going to deflect it. So he backs off. And it's hilarious to see the moment where Cody decides... As a defenseman, I'm not going to defend in this moment. And then the puck goes in the net, and you see his reaction after. He's like, shit. Yep. <laughs> um, so that was great. And I love seeing Pajot go head-to-head against Sidney Crosby in the face-off draw. Like, that's because that's classic Pajot. Like, sure, he's the little guy. He's not the big name, but he's not backing down from anyone. And you better put some respect on his name. Otherwise, he'll pop four goals on you if you're not careful. That's absolutely sick. So Cody Cece did have an assist in the game as well. The only other sends abroad to get on the score sheet this weekend, Curtis Lazar, as one would predict. But it was actually a nice little play to set off Jake DeBrusque uh, for the opening goal in that game. Not on Craig Anderson. He only allowed the one goal uh, as well as Vitaly Vanacek let in that goal, then was injured. So you look at the sends abroad coming up and there's still lots to get going. I guess Nashville is kind of like, the fallback team as they have four sends abroad on their squad. Although Mark Borowiecki is out on the injured reserve. So don't expect to see the Borough cop patrolling the Preds blue line tonight, but there's a ton of great hockey. Now uh, no sends abroad action in this game. Mark Stone had a couple unreal chances, but a one, nothing overtime game in the playoffs. Like some would say maybe that's boring, but this game was anything, but I know you caught some of it. Yeah, for sure. Like this was a series we're excited about because you and I had Vegas running away with this. And then on our locker room chat, we were uh, given some stats that Minnesota has had Vegas's number this season and their entire franchise existence. The Wild have absolutely destroyed Vegas in the regular season. So that's going to be interesting. I'm still on Vegas all the way, but I think 
a lot of people were talking about Cam Talbot's performance, but Marc-Andre Fleury had to make, there, there was at least four, five saves that were just absolute game changers. And he was on top of his game. Like that guy, he's so clutch when he needs to be. And I think his teammates love him. So this series is going to be a good one. And I think it could go farther than your sweep prediction and my gentleman sweep prediction here. Well, I've already been mushed, right? Like- well, you th- the wild could turn it around. It's still a sweep, but uh, the other way. Oh my God. Don't even put those thoughts into my head. That was an amazing game, but it was the second best game we had this weekend because the battle of Florida lived up to every bit of hype and more like Anthony Duclair, nothing going for him in this game. McElhaney looked great sitting on the bench, but the guys who were on the ice and that Panthers fourth line, I tweeted it out, man, they're pure electricity. That Lomberg kid just wants to mix it up. Mason Marchment. Now that he's not wearing a Leafs Jersey looks awesome as well in those dads one of the dirtiest players in nhl history and then you mix in nola chari on that line as well and those guys are just getting into the grill and pissing off every single tampa bay player yeah this was such a good game like this is the rivalry series i would even say there's more hype for this than toronto montreal no they couldn't even get through a face-off without scrumming it up after every whistle they were going at it yeah, and then you combine what? Not, yeah, nine total goals. Like this game was wall to wall action. The four the goals hate in the third. There. Four goals in the third period. Yeah, that'll that'll get uh, gamblers' blood ro- uh, boiling. That's for sure. And talk about Nikita Kucherov. Like for him to be so injured all season and just <laughs> barely made it in time to recover properly at the exact moment playoffs started. You got to give it up to that guy. That's a playoff performer. I don't know if he uh, meant to say this after the game, but maybe it was lost in translation as well. It's not his first language, but he said, I've been waiting so long for this moment. It's like, oh, so you've been healthy. That's why there was no rust. But also, it you, you doesn't take a riot, rocket scientist to figure out, maybe don't put Tampa Lightning on the power play four times. And it was a real bonehead penalty uh, charging. And there's going to be a hearing today for Sam Bennett that you can't be taking those penalties. And Kucherov got two on the power play, he had an assist as well. Tampa goes three for four with the man advantage. And that goal that I mentioned because of Sam Bennett's penalty, that tied the game. And then Braden Point gets his second of the night. Unreal breakaway. Opens the five hole on Bobrovsky, who actually played a really good game. Both goalies, even though the announcers couldn't figure out who was who, they kept calling Bobrovsky Vassy for some reason. It was really strange. And I miss Doc Emmerich. But hey, on a positive note, NBC, especially, do you notice their score bug last night? It's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. They're really making it easy for us to transition over to ESPN next year for the U.S. networks. Yeah, it's. I didn't think it was terrible. Like people were going nuts about it. Like I definitely didn't think it was a good score bug, but I wasn't like, oh god, what's going on there? But yeah, NBC, it's it's probably time. And you know what? Hockey deserves that uh, that marriage with ESPN. Like too too long. It's been kind of the backseat sport. I think fans that weren't fans of hockey with playoff hockey here and the way that the game is going, I think it's going to be a big turnaround. And ESPN fans that don't really tune into hockey are gonna love it if you have a casual fan friend in your life show them that florida tampa bay game from last night and they're gonna go buy merch they're gonna get the nhl package that is everything you love to see in hockey it was amazing back and forth there were i think five ties 
and four lead changes in this game. It was back and forth, and that's what you sign up for when you watch playoff hockey. Now, Monday, we've got a trio of playoff games. No no measly regular season games sprinkled in there, although Calgary blew a 5-1 lead last night in that game. So even though Vancouver got the one point, that does nothing if you're a Sens fan for the draft lottery odds. Vancouver still needs to win the last two games because we believe that Ottawa holds the tiebreaker between them and Vancouver with more regulation wins. So if you put on your Canucks hat, Sens fans, and you get that extra 2% boost in the lottery, although really, who cares? It's the difference between 10th and 9th. Although the tune changes if on June 2nd, that ninth seed wins the lottery, and then you think, what if? But tonight, we've got the Boston Bruins and Washington Capitals. Game two of that series goes in Washington. The Predators open up on the road in Carolina. And the St. Louis Blues are in Colorado. Good luck to you, Blues fans, because that Colorado team, fresh off a President's Trophy win, are going to be raring to go. Out of those three games tonight, Pilsy, who do you have your eye on? Well, Boston-Washington, I mean, that's, that series it seems like it's going to be must-watch television. Of the other two, St. Louis-Colorado, without David Prawn, at least I think he's still on the COVID protocol list. That's going to be tough for St. Louis. I think Colorado's going to walk away with that one, although it'll be good hockey. Like It's not like St. Louis isn't a good team. they got a lot of talent there. But I think definitely the one I'm going to be watching is Nashville-Carolina. I think these two teams line up really well up against each other. Sure, Carolina has... A little bit more of that star power that's bursting through the scene, whereas Nashville stars are a little bit subdued, but all around they have a good roster. And if UC Soros stays hot, look out. Who's your X factor in that series outside of the goaltenders? Gotta be Duchesne for Nashville. Like he's he's gotta pick things up for them. Uh, and then for Carolina, I'm gonna go with Dougie Hamilton. This is a massive, massive season for Dougie Hamilton. He's going to be the number one unrestricted free agent available. Right shot defenseman that puts up a lot of pucks on net and can score at will. He's going to want to have a big showing here to show guys, to general managers, that he's not just a guy that gets it done in the regular season. He's going to get it done in the postseason as well. So he's going to be my X factor for the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes are minus 167 on the money line. If you want to risk a little more on the puck line that they're going to win by two or more, you get plus 157 odds at Bet Online. Bet Online is the number one home for all of our sports wagering here at the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got a great relationship with them. And because of that, you get one of the best welcome bonuses in the entire industry. Here's how you do it go to betonline.ag and sign up for a free account. When you do that at betonline.ag, use your promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You put in $100, bingo, bango, bongo. That's $50 right in your account. Put in $200, that's $100 free play dollars right there for you. Pilsy, are we getting back to the parlay of the day? You're damn right. What do you have for us? It's Pilsy's playoff parlay of the day. Whoa. Another P in there. And uh, yeah, we're getting back into it. I'm so excited for playoff hockey. This is the first time in all season, actually. I don't think I've really tuned in for a non-Senators game all season. I've just been kind of dialed in. So it's great to get to watch the rest of the league now. We're going to start with that Boston Bruins-Washington Capitals game. I got two bets in this game for the parlay, Ross. 
I think Boston's coming back with a vengeance. They're going to be upset that that's the way the first game went. Their money line is minus 130. So I'm taking Boston Bruins money line. And then the over at five and a half is plus 121. No offense to our guy, Craig Anderson, but I think there could be a couple loose goals here and this could be a high scoring affair. So I think that's nice odds there. Then we're going St. Louis, Colorado Avalanche. I really think the Avalanche are going to walk away at least with game one. So I'm taking their money line. It's minus 290. So a bit of a stretch, but it's a parlay. So it'll all work out. So Bruins money line over at five and a half for Bruins caps and Colorado Avalanche money line. Put 10 bucks in. You're going to win $42.58. Guys, that is Pillsy's playoff parlay of the day. No respect for Craig Anderson betting the over and Boston as it looks like as the Capitals head on the ice for morning skate that it will be Craig Anderson getting the start in game two. He and Phoenix Copley are the two goalies. Vitaly Vanacek lower body is out day to day. Samsonov still is out on the ice, but I don't believe that he's an option for Peter Laviolette in tonight's game. We'll stay tuned as we get closer because we remember Pillsy's part of the ladies of the day come out before any morning skate is final and therefore lineup decisions are subject to change. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the action and don't forget the promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's Bet Online, your online sports book expert. Guys, round one of the playoffs is the best because on any given night, there's wall to wall action. So you got to stay fueled up for that. Go to Built Bar for your fuel for playoff hockey. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They will fool you into thinking you're eating a decadent, delicious dessert. There's 16 amazing flavors. If you love chocolate, Built Bar is the protein bar for you. Eight chocolate with nut, eight chocolate nut-free flavors. And all of the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Every single one, no matter what flavor it is, you can count on the fact that it's going to be chocolatey and delicious. And it's also going to be soft and easy to chew. You don't got to bust out the fork and knife for this. It's soft. You can eat it anywhere. Put it in your backpack. Put it in your, in your bag when you're going to work or school or going to, you know, just enjoy the nice weather outside now that it's getting warmer. And Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Guys, for my pick of the day, I'm not going to shout out a flavor here. I'm just going to shout out Built Bar in general because I told you I got the factory over-under box the other week. And it was supposed to arrive last week in the mail. It didn't. Unfortunately, I was sitting at my door waiting for it. So what does Built Bar do? They sent me an email saying, hey, sorry, the package is late. That's on us. That's our bad. For your next purchase, here's a coupon, a discount, a promo code for 15% off your next order. So these guys really get it. You know, you're expecting what if, what if I had a bunch of hikes planned and I was like, hey, I want all these Built Bars ready to go. And they're not. Built Bar doesn't want to let you down. That's the kind of service you're going to get. And not only did I just get a 15% off promo code from them, you guys, the listeners of the Locked On Senators podcast are going to get a promo code as well because go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 
Make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Senators wherever you get your podcast. The daily home for all things Ottawa and Belleville Senators five times a week, Monday through Friday. You can follow us on social media as well. LockedOn.Senators on Instagram and on Twitter at SendCentral. And there was an amazing thing going out on Twitter. Before we get, we should say, to our MVPs of this Ottawa Senators season in preparation for tomorrow's Senators end of season awards. There was a really heart-wrenching news, but we want to shine a light on uh, one of our own in need, and that's Derek Lee. His daughter, Jada, was diagnosed with a brain tumor on May 14th. Heart-wrenching news, to say the least. And um, Brandon Deltzer, a really good guy, he's uh, also on the Future Sickos podcast with Derek, uh, set up a GoFundMe just to help out because it looks like Derek's going to be living at Sick Kids here in Toronto for the foreseeable future. So, uh, the generosity of Sens fans, uh, we already know how, how well this community bands together in times of need, and it's no different here. It, it's uh, blown past its goal. Uh, we contributed, and it's the least we can do. Uh, message Derek as well. I'm hoping to get a, a coffee with him if you need someone to talk to in the next little while. Uh, right in the heart of enemy territory, of course. But uh, yeah, Derek, we just want you to know we're, we're thinking about you, man, and you just got to stay strong through all this. And we know Jade is a fighter, and, and you guys are going to get through it. Yeah, the, the just devastating news for the Sens community. And, I mean, I think anyone uh, that follows along on Sens Twitter knows Derek Lee. He's chiming in on pretty much everything. He appears on a lot of podcasts. He's a guy that is very opinionated, but also a great guy. We've talked to him on multiple occasions. We've joined his podcast. He's joined ours. And, you know, just a salt-of-the-earth guy. And it sucks that these kind of things are happening, especially in today's uh, day and age. Like a nine-year-old girl should not have to deal with these kinds of troubles and health issues. And it's just devastating to hear that. And and sucks for Derek. Like this is a tough time for everyone's life. And now he's going to be uh, at her side. We're hoping for the best for for his daughter. And yeah, Ross, like you said, the GoFundMe page is available for Jada and it's already, the goal was $5,000 Ross. It's now at $12,978. So shout out Sens fans for coming together for a good cause. And our thoughts and prayers are with Derek and his daughter, Jada. Yeah. Well said Pillsy. We're going to continue to uh, follow along with that story in the hopes of a very happy uh, conclusion and we're just right now it's all prayers. And if, and if you have uh, any kind words or any words of encouragement, I'm sure Derek could use that right now. So, so hit him up. He's uh, he's an amazing guy, very positive, And uh, we wish him and his family all the best. Uh, Pillsy, we know that the sense community is, is as tight knit as it gets. Brady Kachuk mentioned that uh, they can feel it in the community. And that's why they want to put the product on the ice that makes this community proud. We know Derek watched every Sens game this season. So did we. We had our Sens Central standouts and the leaderboard coming down the final turn. We put out an update halfway through the year while we completed it today. And no surprise who's first, maybe a bit of a surprise who's second, but at a tie for third, it's Connor Brown and Josh Norris, each named a Sens Central standout in 14 games this year. Tim Stutzla, is in second. He was named to send central standout in 17. And then the gap is so big here. Brady Kachuk 26 times leading the way, but the way we're going to lead into our award show and tomorrow, we just had so much to catch up on from the weekend that was, but we can't rob you of a rankings. You got to get mad at lists and hopefully you're not too mad at us, but if you are, you can hit us up on Twitter at Brandon pillar one and at Ross Levitan. Tell us why our lists are brutal, but Pillsy, 
going to start with you. Go from five up to one on your Senators season MVPs. Yeah, there's a lot of good players this season and a lot of guys had to step up like the role they're used to playing or maybe were projected to play isn't the case anymore. And they had to elevate their game and they did just that. So starting at number five, who better than Drake Batherson? Like this guy really emerged from, mm, is he ready for the NHL? Is he a top six guy? No, he's definitely an NHLer. And he's not only a top six guy, Ross, he's playing on the top line. He's a top three guy on this team. 17 goals, 17 assists, minus 17. So 17s all around. We're not going to harp too much on the minuses as this whole team was uh, below freezing temperature pretty much, but 15.3% shooting, 15 power play points to lead the team, Ross, with power play points. So my number five guy is Drake, Drizzy Drake Batherson. I want to chime in there. He also had 10 multi-point games. He had the, that elusive one three-point You game. know all about that. I sure do. But 10 multi-point games is nothing to turn your nose up at. And what I also like is that his growth throughout the year. His ice time increased month over month over month. And he, by May, he was playing 17 minutes a game, pretty much, 1657, which was a season high for him. And when you look at the growth at both ends of the ice, that's a good pick. He's not on my list. He's probably sixth, but uh, that's a solid pick. So who do you got at number four? Number four, we're going to the decor. And if we're talking about the decor, we got to talk about Thomas Shabbat. Yes, he did miss seven games down the stretch, but... That, that was actually a little bit of fortunate news for the Sens because you wanted to see what Victor Mete and Eric Branson especially could do when they were shouldered with a lot more responsibility. So Thomas Shabbat, this guy was playing 25 plus minutes, it seemed every single night, sometimes even over 30 minutes. Like he's just an absolute warrior for this team. Six goals, 25 assists for 31 points. I really liked what I saw from Shabbat most nights. He had a couple real bad nights that I think uh, you could count on one hand uh, where he was giving pucks away. Maybe it worked a little too much, but this guy shoulders a lot of responsibility being the number one defenseman on a rebuilding team. And let's, let's not forget, he's a young player himself. So for him to do what he does on a nightly basis for this team is absolutely incredible. So I wanted to give him stick taps and make him fourth on my MVP list. He is second in the National Hockey League this season in time on ice after leading the league last year in that same stat. Drew Doughty, number one. Thomas Shabbat, number two. Brent Burns, Darnell Nurse, Seth Jones, Aaron Ekblad, Victor Hedman, Provorov, Heiskanen, and Devin Taves. That's a list of the elite of the elite defenders that are trusted each and every night by their head coach. So great choice there. Now we get to your top three. And the top three, I think our top three are probably going to be the same, Ross, maybe in inverted uh, order or a little bit different order. But my third one, and this, I almost considered him for number one, but Josh Norris is my third guy. Like this guy was expected. We had him as the number one center in Belleville. He ended up being the number one center in Ottawa and not just out of default, like he earned that job and he, he really ran away with it. Him, Brady and Drake were an incredible line together. Similar numbers to Drake, 17 goals, 18 assists. So just one more point, but one less power play point at 14, his shooting percentage, 17.7. Like this guy, we know he's a shoot first centerman. He is such a silky smooth shot. He can set guys up. And I think the biggest testament to how well he's done this season is his improvement in the faceoff dot. That was really a big jump for him. So Josh Norris is my third guy on our MVP list this season. 
tied for second in the NHL among rookies with 17 goals and third in points with 35. Now we'll head to my number two. And this, this was really hard to decide between these two because you could go either way and I wouldn't be upset here, but I'm going to go. My number two is Connor Brown. He led the team with goals with 21 goals. He was a stud on like two, 200 foot player. You can easily say that. He led the league in shorthanded goals with five. He was all over the ice, especially the last stretch of the season. He just could not be stopped. And how about that goal streak he was on? He set a franchise record for consecutive games with scoring a goal. Like this guy was as hot as ever. He was red hot as his hair. And he's someone that the Sens are so lucky that they locked him up for three years at a great price. Connor Brown is going to be an absolute stud of a guy that will be a very, very important piece of this core when they're ready to make the playoffs. Not only does he lead the Senators in goals this season, but Connor Brown led the entire National Hockey League with five shorthanded goals. He and Nick Paul, most nights killing penalties together, would leave a positive impact at the end of the game. You'd look back and be like, wow, Sens were plus one on special teams tonight, even though their power play was shut out. Like that PK unit, and then you add that second unit where they had Formanton mixed in there, usually with Tierney, but Guys are getting looks. Shane Pinto is getting a lot in those last uh, seven or eight games. And I just thought that uh, you're right. Not only what he brings at the offensive end, if he didn't miss on as many opportunities as he did earlier in the year, this would have been a 30 goal score. Yeah. And a 30 goal score in a 56 game season. Like he was on a 30 goal pace if it was a regular season. So yeah, if he capitalizes on the handful of breakaways he got, he could have got 30 in this season. And I don't know what the projected that's, that's like a 40 goal pace in a regular season. So Connor Brown, don't forget that this guy used to be the best player on his team growing up pretty much his whole life, or at least top scorer on his team pretty much his whole life. So the offensive talent has always been there. I think he talked about it too. He, his belief in himself, really elevated his game. And now, I mean, I think it's uh, pretty obvious who the number one choice for me is now, but it's Brady Kachuk, the the captain of this team. I don't care if you disagree. That's just the truth. He is going to be the captain. Otherwise, there's some major mistakes going on in the organization, but 17 goals, 19 assists. He only, Austin Matthews, had more shots on goal this season and only by two 220 shots on goal for Brady. He was getting like five, six hits a night. This guy drags his team into the battle. And often when they win or lose, you can see that Brady Kachuk was the reason why they either won that game or lost it. Not only was he two behind the shots leader in the National Hockey League, he was two behind the hits leader in Radko Gouda. So 248 hits for Brady Kachuk. He scored the first goal of the game three separate times. So he's able to set the tone as a captain does However, I think our only disagreement, I'll run through my list starting at five, but I got Connor Brown at number one, man. I just think that his defensive impact of the game, being a plus player on this Ottawa team, I think shouldn't be something that's discounted. I think that Brady Kachuk, for for my money, is the leader, no doubt, the captain, of course, but there's just, there's still work to be done. And that's fine. He's 21 years old. Defensively, Connor Brown is just at a whole other level. This guy's of the elite of the elite in the entire league at that. Now, you you look and you say, well, Brady has all these shots. Well, Connor Brown scored more goals. So at the same time, you're you're kind of playing that back and forth. And the bottom line is they have a guy at the left wing position and the right wing position who you're looking at two completely different skill sets. 
but both top six forwards now. I think it's all but guaranteed. So um, with no disrespect to Brady Kachuk, I've got Connor Brown as my Senators MVP this year. And you know what? That's just a testament to how hard he's worked. And I think DJ Smith said it best. This guy has provided offense at every level he's ever played at. It just, you know, there's a bit of a dip because of a lack of opportunity. Then he comes to Ottawa last year. There's a bit more opportunity, but he's still getting his feet wet under a new team and new system and all that. What does he do now? Finds his his gear and next year can't come soon enough. I'm sure if you're Connor Brown because you just want to build on that. Now you might roast me here for my fifth pick on my list of five, and it's Philly franchise. And maybe it's because I had such low expectations after watching him the last two years struggle in Belleville. I think he'd tell you the same. Like he was not good in the AHL. There were many games he led in two goals in the first five minutes. And you're like, okay, now Belleville's playing catch-up. And usually they would. Usually they'd still win. And they'd win 4-3 or 5-4, whatever it would be. But this guy came in the NHL, Pilsy, and he just shut the door. Like, he added a swagger to this Senators team. He was making post-to-post saves. He was not allowing many rebounds. I thought his confidence, his poise, everything screamed NHLer. Now, some experts might say that it was lightning in a bottle, but I'm saying that from his positioning to his movement to his ability to recover after allowing a goal because goals are going to go in and it shows a very mental a lot of mental strength to be able to let it go and focus on the next shot. So I think with all that being said, he was the Senators best goalie this year and he really helped turn the season around because when he started getting his games, that's when Ottawa started winning games and you saw that by our Sense Central standout leaderboard that we posted at, at Sense Central. You can go check that out, but in the second half of the year, it felt like every other game, Philip Gustafson was getting the nod as a standout. So I've got him as my number five on this list. Yeah, and I think definitely he was the best goalie. But for me, the sample size is what uh, kept him off my list here. If he would have played maybe 15 or, or so games, I think I could get him in there. But the amount of work that guys like Thomas Shabbat had to do, Drake Batherson, I had to get those guys in at the bottom. But hashtag goalie-friendly show, you got to give a shout-out to the best goalie of the season. So I'm all right with that one. Well, if you look at it, minimum nine games played, which is conveniently how many Philip Gustafson played in the NHL. He was second in the league in save percentage behind only Jeremy Swayman and the Boston Bruins who put up an incredible 945 save percentage, but Gustafson 933. He only allowed 17 goals in nine games this year. Now, seven of them were starts. He won five of them was five, one and two. So one regulation loss is, is pretty incredible. I don't care what the sample size is on that, but it definitely earns a shout out on this show as a goalie friendly one, 2.16 goals against average as well after that our lists are pretty similar i have shabbat four norris three kachuk two and then i already explained why connor brown at number one yeah so you look at those five guys on either of our lists and all of those guys are young even connor brown isn't very old like what is he 26 maybe 27 like no he's 27 yeah so he's 27 like there's a lot of juice left in all these players like this is merely the beginning all these guys are going to have a major impact. And I can't, we're talking about playoff hockey now. I can't wait to see these guys suit up for a playoff hockey game. Oh, I can't come soon enough. An honorable mention as well. Well, on my list, I do have to give one to Drake Batherson as well. Glad to see he made yours. And Tim Stutzla, ending on a high note, that's awesome. And uh, once he bulks up a little bit in the summer, get some rest, most importantly, 
the sky's the limit for this Ottawa Senators team. And that teases us in to our end of season awards coming up on tomorrow's Locked On Senators. We're also going to have a full recap of the three games tonight in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Lots of Sens abroad in action and just overall unreal hockey this weekend. We thought we were going to go four for four with overtime games, but the pesky lightning had to spoil that in a hurry. But this, uh, if this is any indication of what we're in for the next couple months, this is playoff hockey at its absolute finest. And from Monday to Friday, we'll be there to break it down with you step-by-step. Step. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.